0: Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Hello everybody. We're back with Casey from Tubtex. Hello. (laughs) Hey, hey. So we we were talking about uh commercial and and your multi uh family properties that you have over there and you said you had about 50 um how how do you like so you 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 mentioned how you manage that but let's go a little bit deeper into like what happens when a person calls you and is like hey uh there's go backs that we need to go and repair or something like that, and you were you your schedule's already packed or something. How do you handle st- stuff like that in that situation?
1: I mean, for the most part, our our, our customers are you know understanding. We have, we have we we build a relationship with them, so um, it's very rare that they're calling back screaming at us. I mean, I think most of the customers understand that you know we work with our hands and, and things can go wrong uh you know we we really pride our, ourselves on very few callbacks um but it happens i mean there's just no way around that things happen we we work in you know we're we're painting in a you know it's a contaminated space we're painting around water i mean things can happen you know a, a drip of uh, someone else working in there or you know something happened on our end a, a failure a paint failure but i mean usually you know we try to keep a pretty good relationship with the managers And then we just schedule a time that we can come back out, Um, you know, and by that time it's usually occupied. Somebody's probably moved in, Um, you know, very, very rarely do we have incidents where like a tub peeled up before they moved in. And then I I would prefer to repair it. You know, we can usually repair our own work without much of a problem if it's a, a run or Um, some fish eyes or or something that we need to you know something happened we have to repair it um, rather than fully refinish the tub Um, we offer a three-year warranty Um, it's a limited warranty again in, in an apartment multiple people are using these tubs they they see a lot of abuse so I mean just like you were saying earlier with Puerto Rico I mean we have a lot of times we have to explain like listen they you know this tub was destroyed by the resident and um i think as long as you're you're honest and fair with with them um if we have guys on site and someone says hey you know this tub got a little scratched up if we're already on site and uh we're having you know a good day or we work there a lot uh, you know we'll just take we'll take care of it i mean we'll stand behind our work and um sure. but that happens a lot i mean you know some people abuse it <laughs> some people are constantly saying oh i I need another tub done. It was one you did, so it's a warranty. And it's like, well, that's not really the case either. Um, Yeah, I I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Yeah.
0: From like, uh, sometimes it even happens when we do like work for a realtor and they'll sell the house and the person's like, oh, well, uh, the realtor left me this warranty. I'm like, did did you get it transferred? Like, I I don't know. Like, and then they're like, why do we even have a copy of the warranty? It's like, well, then you don't know how to care for it either. So, like, I could assume that you voided it. Like, it's. I get that too sometimes. So I I could definitely relate to that.
1: Yeah. We've had that from home warranties as well with real estate agents. And, um, you know, we, a lot of the residential work that that we do do is through real estate agents or contractors and that type of thing. Um, the other, the other thing that we do is with, is like we get in with a lot of companies that are like building apartment complexes. Um, and they'll I mean they'll send us a list of like 30 tubs that they chipped so then we'll go in and you know maybe two or three days and then we'll just go through and and fix a bunch of chips and um you know that 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 happens maybe once a month we'll get something like that and um I wish we had more of that I I love that type of work I mean a lot of times that's like you know you're on a job site hard helmet type of thing and you're you know you know just going through and fixing tons of chips and Trying to make them look perfect because there's going to be an inspection and they're going to come through and take a look at it. And, um, can, can I ask you know, a question you know, about
0: that? Sure. Um, so when you guys are doing those chips, what do you do to avoid that like that super shiny like gleam on the area you touched up?
1: So a lot. So we're, we're used, We use those pre-val kits a lot. Okay. So we take like a premixed material. And then, are you familiar with the the small pre, the pre valves?
0: I've heard of it, but I haven't used it. Now,
1: yeah, they are just many like portable um, CO two sprayers. Okay. Um, certain times we're brushing it on, um, you know. But on porcelain tubs, we, we use our, we use Napco material. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't think that's what you guys are using. I I know I heard you met you discuss your material in the past, yeah, but um, we use Midwest. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I I really you know we can we blend that that stuff in really good like it's those those pre valves really allow you to kind of airbrush it i mean it's not a great pattern it's not like you know, the pattern you're getting from your gun mm-hmm. but um you know and in certain areas of the tub man they just disappear you know obviously there's areas that are like you walk in you're like oh this one's going to be tough like right where your eyes drawn to but um for the most part like um you know we're just Hitting it with a little clear primer, you know, bond Bondo, then a little clear primer. Um, that way we know we're going to get bonded and, and then just a little touch up. Sometimes with a with an artist brush, but um, for the most part, we're just using like a pre-mixed material through a pre-bow sprayer.
0: You have like a flat rate for those? Yeah,
1: they're about 90 bucks. That's not bad. You know, no. Um, it's it, they usually, you know, they if it takes an hour, then your waste of time so it's really not even an hour
0: you had mentioned the material i was going to ask you what you used to use napco um yep and have you have you tested multiple materials where where, like what made you guys land with them
1: okay so um probably about 20 years ago Permaceram, which was our company was a franchise that's they were our supplier so that was a franchise my dad purchased and then they were the material supplier so we used Permaceram material um they went out of business like you know what i don't i don't know if they purchased that material and put their logo on it or if they were a chem- if they produced the chemicals I you know this was when i was first getting started but right around when i first started they went out of business so we then had to search around and yeah we tried a couple other products um but the Napco stuff worked great. Um I it, I love it. I mean, I I think it's great. It's I know it's a little expensive. Um and the people over there um
0: Uh Yeah, something happened with your camera there.
1: Yeah, sorry. I got a a phone call there, so
0: No problem. There you go. All
1: right. Yeah, the um the people at Napco are great. I I have a great relationship with them. They're they're located outside of Chicago, I believe, and so my relationship is only over the phone but um it's always been you know i've always had great customer service and and we stuck with them so now no i haven't really tried another product in a long time
0: is it you a know? one-to-one mix or two to one two to one yeah
1: two-to-one. Okay. and then it's reduced with lacquer i'm sure just similar to what you're doing Probably yeah. guess yeah so um,
0: and the primer do, but do, do, are they are they one of those ones that are using bonding agents over like resin primer
1: yep yeah so it's just like we're wiping it on uh-huh. um, when i started it was all like epoxy primer so we were mixing like a gray primer um you know and then you know i've always been told like that's not really you know for porcelain or glass it's more for metal and although i loved spraying like i felt felt like you could get a good coat of of that gray primer on and sand right to it if you had to and um but um you know we switched over to that their product's called gorilla grip it's um you know yeah it's like a glue you know you're just wiping it on um it's clear and then um you're spraying over it do you have you have to uh, you have to apply it evenly and cover the entire tub that's for sure or, or you're going to have failures which is i've heard some companies they use like a black light on it and you can see where you've missed spots um we don't do that uh, you know like have you know i've had a ton of success so Uh, i'm I'm pretty confident that we're doing it
0: correctly yeah i'm asking a lot of people because i like we still use epoxy primer but the reason is that's just what we've always used so like i'm trying i've been trying new stuff i had somebody who we were thinking about hiring but turned out not to work out but anyway he did a demo for us and he used top coat material uh you know the manufacturer top coat yeah,
1: so we—that's one of the few that I have tried out. Yeah,
0: so they—they they have this thing called Crosslink Three, which is like it's a wipe-on primer. Yeah, uh, and out of curiosity, I was like, you know, I keep hearing about this stuff, so I'm gonna like do a little adhesion test just by myself. And I grabbed the straight edge blade and I tried to like, I tried to scratch it. And it wasn't scratching it. Like, it was unbelievable because I've done the same thing with you know the the, the old standard. Which is still the way we do it, but I'm I'm probably gonna change it sometime soon. I just need to get the guys like ready to train with it because I want them to practice. But regardless, like etch and then you know you do the uh, the adhesion promoter or uh, the uh, primer epoxy primer like you mentioned and then top coat, mm-hmm. which is what we what we do. But when I did the adhesion test versus a tub that I had that you know the one that I was telling you about versus one of the ones that was done the old way. I mean, the other one just like scratched up like nothing. The one with the adhesion promoter with the crosslink, like that shit was really hard to scratch. I was actually having to physically chip the top, like put the blade in at an angle to even get it to peel, and it was because it was actually chipping the fiberglass. So like, that it's it's very insane. Like that that stuff. I mean, just by looking at it, I can tell there is something to that. So that's why I'm asking a lot of people. A lot of people. I've switched to that top coat, which is the largest manufacturer. They stopped doing, um, epoxy primer completely, uh, unless you're doing multi-spec.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we switched over, uh, you know, at least 10 years ago and, um, it's, you know, it's faster too. I mean, it, it cuts down a lot of time when you're just wiping it on as opposed to mixing up, you know coats and spraying and maybe cleaning your gun in between coats or having a separate gun and i mean it it, it cuts down on time for sure you know do you, do and you it, just apply it, it with ch-
0: like a terry towel or a blue towel what do you use
1: yeah it's a white towel um and napco supplies them when you buy the primer it's like a it's kind of just like a heavy um paper towel it's a little it's a little heavier than that, that because it, it absorbs the material and then you can kind of wipe it on and you know, and it's dry. It dries quick. There's really very little downtime in between your application of the of the primer and your first coat. You know? know, so, but you have to get used to it. Like, you know, the the epoxy primers that we always used were gray, and like spraying that first coat over a gray is great. I I loved it. It's you know, you can see your pattern, everything. You know, you can sometimes tack it down right right away, but um, again, like you get used to it. You know, it's muscle memory. You're, you're comfortable getting in there and spraying and, and knowing you got that good first coat and ready for that second, heavier coat. So,
0: and, and do you guys, yeah, it
1: cuts down time for sure.
0: Do you guys acid etch or do you use like a mild like industrial cleaner kind of a thing?
1: Okay, so we, we acid etch, but it's it's a product that Napco supplies. It's, it's a really mild etch. It's not like, uh, you know, we used to use like a real heavy like the black, etch you know where we you know covered the entire tub and like you know you could see it like smoke and you know it's just so strong and it really etched those tubs i mean um and we would let it cure and then you'd you know wash it off uh now we're using um it's a much lighter etch it's still an etch but it's it's a, a milder and it's like um but you know we have to prep the tub for the etch like you can't just pour it all over like you know um, soap scum or anything like that you know you got to remove all the soap scum and contaminant from the tub that way you know you're etching all the surface i see that all the time like people just you know they they go right over soap scum and it's like oh my goodness like i
0: I think it's being used to the other stuff like we so again that's just another thing that's why i love like talking to people who do this because like i've been thinking about switching and so like we use the 35% acid etch, which is fucking insane. But when, when, there are soaps come, I mean, it'll eat it. <laughs> like, yeah. So you yeah, can put yeah, it yeah. on that. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's people being used to that. They hear like, Oh, this is etch. And then they do that, but it is more prone to failure unless it's really concentrated stuff. Like, like the one that I was just telling you about.
1: Yeah. Well, we scrape all, we, we just, we really just scrape them and clean them. Like, you know, we don't, that the acid is not made, you know, you sh- it has to be applied dry. So we don't go too crazy with like wetting the tub or anything like that. Um, and then obviously removing silicone. Silicone's always like the biggest pain in the neck for sure, you know, and, you know, making sure you have all that silicone cut out. And then, you know, you really don't even want any of it like falling onto the tub. I mean, <laughs> silicone's killer, you know, that for sucks. fish eyes and separation. So, and I, we've tried some of those like, Uh, they make some products that remove silicone but it's like you you know you need like you know it's the chemicals just intense and it's like you know i'd rather just do it by hand scrape it you know there's no odor and um but you know the silicone's a challenge sometimes (laughs) especially the way certain people apply it that you have to remove it's crazy
0: i have a couple questions about your your crew so how many people do you have right now working for you and are they all trained in house how do you guys handle that
1: so right now our current we currently have um six guys. So my dad and I are, are are you know my dad's still involved in the business and you know he does a lot of the um you know accounts receivable and we have to collect POs from customers so that we can bill them with POs and so he handles a lot of that um I tend to handle more scheduling and and dealing with customers and then being in in the shop with the guys. And um, so most of my guys, my current crew, uh, I mean, uh, you know, most of our guys have been with us seven, eight, almost 10 years. Um, We trained those guys all in-house and we have a couple newer guys, but they're going on two years. And then we have one real, real new guy, but uh, he's a young kid and he's learning um but i like like our crew is phenomenal man we're like a family we're we're really tight um you know i work hard on employee retention um i try to do everything i can we you get paid days off paid holidays the pay scale is really you know pretty good certainly can competitive or better than that and um i mean i've hired guys in the past like we've i've had tons of employees don't you know um i've had a lot of people come and go we've you know and i've hired guys that um have done it before or been in the industry and like some of them guys were awesome and they had to leave for whatever personal reasons and all and, like i had a i had a guy years ago that you know he was doing this in the midwest moved out here found out about us called and like i learned a ton of stuff from this guy he had all kinds of little tricks and that type of thing and then i've had guys that said they've done and done this forever and you know it looked like they didn't ever even seen you know a spray gun before so you know um but for us like we've been doing a long time we have a lot of confidence with our system um i'm always open to to learn but um you know our system works i believe in it so i like teaching the guys our system and and now you know those guys that we taught are teaching the, the new guys that we bring in we could really use two new guys I'd say we could you know um you know but i I like to get guys that you know start you know doing prep work you know carrying tools taping things out learning how to do it and doing it really well and then if like if you tape a, a tub perfectly well then I know you're gonna you know you're gonna do good on that next step like if you come in there and you're sloppy and your tools are laying around like like, uh, like our, our stuff is like it's finish work it has to be perfect like you kind of have to be a, a neat freak in there and like you know you can see right away which which people get it and like you know so I love training I'm like you know and then like that gives them incentive to stay like you're going to get paid more if you can start spraying and, and if you can be on site without me having to come there and, and get keys to go to, into a unit or interact with a um, you know a professional on site or, or someone in an office like you know you, you know that's that's what I need. Like, I I need guys that, you know, want to go out there. And that's what I have. I'm I'm lucky. I have a great crew um, who take a lot of pride in their work. And, um, you know, we get each other's back all the time. So, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm lucky with that, I guess, or, and we've worked hard to create an atmosphere, you know, that is like, we've always like, even when it was just me and my dad and like a helper, it was like, we always try to like view it like, like we're a much bigger company than we are because i know that you know the way big corporate companies work they they can keep they can keep people forever and they want to stay with that company or help that company grow and so like we've always paid salary rather than like per job or or hourly and like you know because i always felt like okay if i can pay this if i'm paying this guy hourly but i can only provide 20 hours of work well why is he gonna gonna stay with me like he's gonna go somewhere where he can get a get a 40s 40 hour work week so Um, so yeah, once you're spraying, we, we, we put you on salary and then it's on me to make sure we have a flow of work that's gonna, you know, pay you. And then, you know, um, a lot of times we have OT on, on weekends for hourly guys, so they can pick up time and a half. And, um, so that's kind of how, that's how our crew works. Um, you know, and we've. I never was big on like, all right, you, you got to call back. You got to go out there and fix it, and it's on your time. Like, I never took that approach either. It was always like, all right, I'm in that area. I'll stop by and take care of it. If I see something that's, like, crazy and I got to give you a call and we got to talk about it, okay, that's that's fine. But listen, I've been doing this a long time and, and spraying. I, I don't spray as much now, but I sprayed for a long time. And, like, I've had plenty of situations where, like, things didn't go right or I had a call back where, like, I had a bunch of fish eyes and I'm like, Oh my God. And like, all it really takes is like communication with the customer and say, Hey, I got a problem. And like, I can fix it. Like I'll, I, I, only, I gotta wait till tomorrow.
0: See, I, I, I'm kind of of the same mindset. I only get upset when it's like, like ABC stuff that they should have done. Sometimes they have a bad day. And it, the thing that always gets me is when there's overspray on something. Oh my God. That is like a pet peeve of mine. It's like, like, that's like the customer's number one worry, and there you go, delivering that. And then I make them go back and either, like, you try to clean it, or it's gonna come out of your pay. Now, for repairs, again, there's so many variables, like you said. You know, we're not in a controlled environment. This is something that's done by hand, obviously, and it is, you know, a meticulous job, you know, and, and especially in certain scenarios. Like, if, if the tub and tile gap had a grout, uh, you know, a caulk line this big with silicone, And you cut all that stuff out and now you're going to have silicone all over the tub and, you know, you can get fish eyes, little things like that can happen for sure. And I never, I never blame one guy for the situation. and I'm of the same mindset. Like we are a company, we are a team. So you pick up there when, when it's needed and I need him there. So that's how that works. And like, I get the guys complaining less about like, also it kind of helps boost their, their self-esteem. I always let them know this job had a callback. He's going to go fix it. But it also, you know, kind of helps them like, okay, I'll look for that going forward. And if also it's, the optics are kind of good because if you send if if a, a guy screws up and you send the same guy, the customer's like, oh, this guy's gonna screw up <laughs> again. Like they right. they always come at it from that angle. You know what I mean? Uh, if you send somebody else, it looks like okay, they really want to correct the problem. They send somebody else, and you know they're gonna handle it.
1: Yeah, like you you'd want to be made aware if you if you had it something went wrong on your work so it's the same you know it's the same respect like if you know if i if i messed that tub up i i want somebody to say hey man just letting you know that last tub uh you know you had a little separation at the drain and maybe you're like yeah well the drain was a nightmare that i spent an hour bondo and you know or or what have you but um but yeah as long as i think you're you're honest with with everyone and, and especially the customer like people are usually pretty patient and, and they understand things go wrong, you know, and as long as you can limit that though, I mean, it can't go wrong every day. That's for sure. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you can have a problem. Yeah. And it, it's and good. Like I, I really respect the fact that you are coming at it from like, because here's the thing that I hear from a lot of refinishing companies. It's hard to find good people. Yes. Everybody knows that's not honestly the hard part is keeping them and you can never expect anybody to give a fuck as much as you unless they're getting paid well and treated well. If you treat your employees like shit and only give them 3 days of work a week, they're never going to stay. Like that's like it's such a like elementary mindset that a lot of a lot of business owners have. Like will you like be okay just working 2 days a week and, you know, getting paid poorly? No. Like, you want, you're want, you in it to make money, they're working for you to make money. A lot of the times, companies, especially when, when you know it's owner operated and it's the founder and everything, it, it's, it's you personally, you wanna make as much money as possible because you see the numbers and you see like, dang, dude, if I you know, could've done this, this, and this, I could've made an extra couple bucks. But at the end of the day, your employees are an investment, that you're investing in them to make you more money later. If you treat them poorly, the next project you have they're not going to want to work or they're going to leave and go to somewhere else no exactly
1: and and they you know you need you're teaching them a trade and they need to then own that trade and and take pride in it and that's when you have that type you know that real growth um and once that person is you know a tradesman they have to be paid appropriately for that trade you know
0: and and they'll um, feel better. That, they'll feel better. Like, that's the thing that people don't understand. Like, they're going to feel better working with you when they can go get the house that they wanted or the apartment that they wanted, when they can go buy a car, when they can be, like, and then what, what a lot of people don't understand is that, like, what you're creating is also a semi-reliance on you. Like, they, they, now they're thinking, I need this job. I need to, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do my best give it 110% because I want to maintain what this has given me. And, and that's, well, yeah,
1: you yeah. you have, you have a, a huge responsibility when, yeah. when you have an one employee, you, you're taking on a huge responsibility. I yeah. mean, um, and you're, you're, you know, you have to do your best as uh, a business person to, um you know, supply the, the amount of work. And then that's why you get compensated as well. So, so. I know it's, um but, you know, it could be stressful and it's all, uh, it, can be great. And that's that's what I love about small business and and being self-employed.
0: Yeah. So what, um, what are some things about the refinishing industry that like maybe things you've seen or stuff like that, that you don't really like, the direction it's heading or something like that. Is there anything that kind of is like a pet peeve, maybe even like what you mentioned earlier about the kind of advertising people do and stuff like that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I really like, the 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 mass-produced stuff that i see uh, up here in the apartment industry drives me crazy um you know these companies have a lot of customers because they like or maybe they they supply um uh, you know restoration i see it a lot with these restoration companies they do like fire and water restoration and property damage and then you know they go go well Hey, look at these guys are making money painting these tubs. So, let, you know, we'll buy a, a, a compressor and a, a vent, and let's go to work. and And they're already in. So, like, that's the tough part with the apartment properties now. If you're a, a small company or you're just getting started out, like the, the insurance coverages are insane. So, there's a barrier right there that that for a small amount and pop to get in, it's really tough because the oh. the insurance. Oh,
0: give me one second. Let me fix that. All right. So continuing with what we with what Yeah, so
1: they they like so then they stu- like I was saying that there's really a barrier, a roadblock for a lot of small smaller mom and pops to get into these the multifamily because the insurance coverages are so high. Um yeah. whether it's you know, the liabilities five million, the your vehicle is a million, the you know, and then you have to pay a third party just to submit the insurances. And if you're working at dozens of apartment complexes, this can be thousands of dollars. So it's tough, like we we did it over a long period of time. And again, we hooked up with a large wholesaler that helped us get it get our foot in the door. And so it just to get started, it's tough to get in. So the, the companies that are already in like these large restoration companies that are already in with these, these customers, they start offering it and people go, "Oh Yeah, let's give it a try. They're, they're super cheap. And, and again, not producing it, the type of work that we produce, or, or you know, any of, you know, us like, quote unquote, like trained, you know, refinishers are really producing, you know, and, you know, sometimes that, that opens up doors for us. And, you know, once they, they mess up enough stuff, they got to call somebody. But again, we've been in this industry for a while, the multifamily. So I, but I know it's hard for a small company to just go, all right, I got to show out, you know, thousands for, for an insurance's coverage, to even, to even give them a price.
0: <laughs> I think also like, like, you know, what I was talking about earlier. It, it's it's also partly education and or lack thereof. Like, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of companies don't even recognize in, like refinishing as its own trade. So, it you know the insurance requirements a lot of the times are based off of like general renovation work and stuff like that, where there could be millions of dollars worth of damage. Where like the worst you can do as a refinisher is get overspray on stuff. I mean, you know, like it, at the end of the day part of it is because there's not enough education on the industry a lot of people don't even know that this is a thing that can be done so i think that that's right. part of it too you know uh you know they there, when you look up uh any even like apps that are made for contractors like jobber and you look at like categories they have everything under the sun they don't have one for bath to be finishing
1: yeah right no i know i know it's um it's a niche i mean it's it's been and it continues to be um you know and i Uh, it really again i I mentioned earlier like it's you know like your podcast is unique i mean there's not a lot of people to talk about spraying tubs with other than my own crew and then you know my dad you know there's not like i there's no trade shows for us there's no um real community you know i I didn't really start seeing a lot of guys until i joined instagram a few years ago and i started following a few and now um, You know, but now I don't even. You know, I I follow a lot of the, of the same ones you follow. uh, You know, I've scrolled through your your follows, and you know, but you know, now I I'm not even getting a lot of them popping up. So like maybe maybe they we're come following them all. They come know?
0: and go. It's like what we were talking about in the beginning. I mean, a lot of these people they start it, they do it as a side thing, or they just don't really give a fuck that much. And and then there's the people who are just always there. You know, like you, there's a couple people you always see posting. Uh, and always, yep. you know, grinding and advertising and stuff like that. Um, how old is your dad? My dad's 66. Uh, my dad's 69. He just turned sixty-nine. Okay. <laughs> so about the same age range. That's. Yeah. That's cool, man. My my dad started doing this um, in Massachusetts, uh, like, years and years ago. Uh, and back then, like, they didn't, you know, they had glorified wall paint. That's how they would refinish them. I mean, that was the only thing that existed when he started. Um And, uh, you know, they would give them like a one week warranty, but like, it's like what you said in the beginning, some apartments, especially, you know, back then, um, you know, they just wanted the tub to look pretty and white so they can sell it. After that, it was like a renter's problem. Um, and then he, he started doing like subcontracting work and they were using Midwest products. Uh, that's, that's where we, that's, we still use them to this day, but Midwest used to be in Chicago too. Um, that's why it's called midwest chemicals and then they moved to uh they're actually in Orlando now Castleberry area um and it's part of the reason we're still with them is cuz it's just so fucking convenient we it's like 30 minutes away we can go pick up our orders um they you know they do Yeah, something. we can only have
1: so much ships, you know, cuz it's uh, you know a a some substance, you know, so we can only have you know we have to get orders, every, you know, once twice a week, you know, cuz they only ship so much in, in a container, you know. So
0: Yeah, and, uh, and they in box. they innovate too. They have a wipe-on primer that's saline based. It's similar to like the crosslink and they always are on top of things. But I just feel like they're they they do have and this is just just true of the industry in general. A lot of the people who do this are older guys who like don't have anything else going for them and they just are the fly by night kind. And I think that they're afraid to push new material like fully because they know that like a lot of their customer base are those people. And so, like, you know, it's hard. It, it's hard to, it, it would be polarizing. Like, oh, you're telling me I don't have to use like primer anymore. There's gonna be a lot of people who don't convert anyway. So I feel like that's why they don't push things as hard. Like, you know, it, it's, it's insane to me. I said it before, but Topcoat, which is the largest manufacturer of bathtub refinishing coatings in the country stopped selling epoxy primer as part of their regular refinishing kit it's only for like multi specs so like you know they're standing behind the progression of the industry whereas like some of the legacy companies they're just so afraid of it affecting their bottom line and also let's keep it real i buy from midwest but think about it like this a saline primer is one bottle and the resin is one to one well, they're making more money off the one-to-one because you have to buy two bottles to, right. to, to actually use it. Yeah. So it's you know it's in their best interest cost-wise too. It's it's cheaper than it's ever been because the industry has shifted to something more, and and then also, you know, the people who are married to it are going to keep buying it, and they're buying twice the amount of product. So that's the way I see it. You know.
1: Yeah, that's I agree with you. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um.
1: Um. Yeah. Is the, there any? The only uh, other thing that. Go ahead. Um we offer is like we do those cut like the tub cut cutouts oh, okay. I, that's the only thing that we do that's like in addition like that's outside of tub refinishing um i, I know i i post some the images a lot on on instagram um but like that company clean cut bath reached out to us probably about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and now we we do one or two a week where we go into people's homes and cut like an access or handicap or a senior citizen well, um so that it kind of turns that bathtub into like a walk-in bath okay and that 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 business is like grown exponentially in the past like two years it's crazy I, again and like um we could probably do even more uh but you know we're, we're slammed with revision work and it's like we try to get them in, and we're doing them in some senior care facilities like that were built in the '70s. They have tubs; they don't have walk-in shower stalls, and we're just going in, and that product's awesome. It's like, it, like I would recommend any refinisher who's already in, like, um, you know, going into the bathroom like that. Like, we're getting calls constantly to to cut these tubs, slide this like insert over top to make it waterproof, and then convert it into you know a walk-in shower for a thousand, twelve hundred bucks as opposed to these people renovating an entire bathroom for 10,000 or $12,000. It's, wow. you know, it's a fraction of the price. And it's like, man, you see these, you know, a lot of people, you're really helping out by, by getting in there and doing that.
0: This happened and sorry about that. Uh, so the, the camera is overheating. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it on here and we'll just continue the conversation. Um, like, with the uh, with the logo screen because I just I can't okay. cope with the situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 no problem. Man. But um, yeah, man, that's that's really interesting. I, I my dad used to do those uh back in the day, um, but the, I guess again it, it just goes back to not enough education. People didn't really know what it was, and now it's a big thing because you know the it, it, it's like like we were talking about now there's a second generation of refinishers so there's another whole there's like a whole generation that's that's already like known that this is a an option and they probably know that these things that we do and offer are possible and so more people and more people are choosing refinishing i've noticed like a big gap even in the last maybe like four or five years of uh just people knowing that we exist now uh education on like the process and what to expect and stuff like that. I still think that we could do better as a whole, but I do think that general education of like, Hey, this is an option has gotten a lot better.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's, you know, I know a lot of these, these wholesale, I mean, these, um, the, the material providers, like I think a lot of them offer, courses and classes where you can like go on to their, um, to their facility and learn how to spray a tub in three days and that type of thing. But like, it takes a lot more than that, man. You know, like it, it really does like, um, you know, you know, getting, you know, educating these, these people to, to do good work and make them craftsmen and teach them a trade. And then, you know, the more and more they're, they're getting seen on site. Yeah. The more, the more it's recognizable, you know, that as, as a, as a trade in, in you know, in, in the industry.
0: And so, uh, what, where do you want to see your business be like five, 10 years from now? What are your, what are your goals? And I guess we'll just kind of end it off there.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we'd like to like, we've, we've really grown a lot over the past 10 years. Um, you know, just out of our, our one shop, uh, which is located about 20 minutes from my home. um, and, you know, we'd, we'd love to expand, um, regionally, whether it's another shop or, um, we were, I work really hard in building our brand and the tub tech's, um, kind of like image and, and brand awareness. And like, uh, I'd love to like, you know, whether it's a dealership or a franchise or, or even just a, an in-house employee running another shop and like expand, you know, regionally, on like a little bit larger scale than just Adding employees to our current, um, our current shop, and just spraying more tubs, and you know, trying to get that number up each month or each year. I mean, that, I'd like to take a little bit bigger step over the next five years and and expand, you know, you know, completely expand, whether it's opening another shop or you know maybe acquiring another company or you know through acquisition or purchase or you know we have capital and you know that's that's kind of where where my mindset is for the next few years Uh, i'm 41 years old so yeah that's where that's where i'd like to to take it um i've worked hard to build the brand and like our image and i see it expanding and um uh, you know growing you know throughout the whether it's the dry state area or um, like I said, there's tons of work in, in our area and throughout Philadelphia. So, um, having a, another shop would be, you know, is, is doable. It's, it's, it almost seems easy, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. But, uh, so that's my, that's, that's what I envision.
0: That's, I mean, that's awesome. And, and it, I'm glad that you're, you know, trying to continue to grow. That's always, you know, good for the industry. And I'm glad that we could have this talk, uh, unfortunately, stupid issues with technical difficulties you know how it is man
1: (laughs) yeah man no thank you so much for inviting me like i said man keep up the good work man it's great you know uh listening this is this is really a relatively new experience to listen to a podcast that's um you know just for for our you know our industry and and this business and um yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. So thank you very much, I, and and for uh, having me on, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and I'm just I'm just a a, a guy that does tubs. I, I I'm not fit for the uh, one man show of a production here, but I do the best that I can. So at least for like the first like episode, completely we were good, and most of this one is just a little issue with the uh, with the video on my end and occasional. Flips over there <laughs> but it's okay yeah, yeah no, it no problem man but uh but yeah man I, I appreciate you coming on it was it was very fun to talk man uh let's exchange numbers and and we'll just you know keep talking back and forth and you know if you want you know tips and i i can ask you for advice on stuff because i'm very interested in what you're doing and we can just you know keep making the industry better man day by day
1: yeah keep that network open that's awesome i appreciate it
0: awesome man thank you i appreciate the it Thank you. All right. All
1: right, right, man. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing
0: Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.